The mission feasts were actually feasts for soul and body. The sermons, though long, were true mission messages. How you reached a little deeper when the offering was taken. How the tables groaned under the platters of fried chicken, sausage, potato salad, homemade bread, cakes and pies, and the visiting that took place with the members of neighboring congregations. Then another sermon and the counting of the offering. How happy we were when it was larger than expected. That was the memory of Mrs. Kolb. Her first name is not given in our church's history book, but she was the wife of Pastor Henry Kolb, pastor here from 1912 to 1918. He was the pastor who took a call to Petaluma, California, as the Spanish influenza was reaching its peak and hundreds had already died in Oregon alone, mostly in Portland and Salem. Nevertheless, Pastor Kolb was a brave man, but back then, pastors rarely declined a call. If you got a call to a new church, you went. Since the Spanish flu really broke out in force in Portland in October of 1918, it's most likely that this church had a mission festival that summer. They had no idea what was coming. And because that pandemic dramatically dropped in April the following year, it's very likely this church had a mission festival in the summer of 1919. Again, our history book doesn't say anything about that. But it does say this. <clears throat> For many years, annual mission festivals were celebrated to provide an opportunity to reemphasize the Christian's privilege and responsibility in sharing the good news of forgiveness and salvation through Christ with all nations. The earliest festivals in 1881 and for a number of years thereafter were held on the Herman Schmidt place across the creek. Guest speakers were invited to bring the message. For many years, neighboring Lutheran congregations canceled their services to join with fellow Christians in the fellowship of the day, which revolved around the bountiful lunch provided by the dedicated cooks of the congregation. Coffee was made in a 30-gallon iron kettle. Water was brought in milk cans. Meals were served family-style at tables 40 to 50 feet long, covered with tablecloths. A temporary pulpit and floral decorations provided the grove with a churchly and festive appearance. This long-standing custom of a morning and afternoon mission festival was changed in 1969 to two morning services with dinner afterwards, as more and more people found it impossible to remain for the afternoon service. In 1992, a decision was made to discontinue the afternoon service of Mission Festival. And that's where our official written history of Mission Festival ends. But our next update to it might go something like this. Mission Festival continued in the new millennium with a morning outdoor service in the grove followed by potluck. 
The message was given by guest preachers and missionaries from various organizations, including Food for the Poor, <clears throat> Concordia University Portland, and the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Each year, a special offering was collected for a specific cause, including Food for the Poor, Alaska Mission for Christ, Wash Joe Mission of Hope, and Camp Lutherwood, Oregon, to name a few. In 2020, the outdoor festival part of Mission Sunday was curtailed for the first time since 1881 due to the highly contagious COVID-19 virus. A special offering was still taken to support the missions which St. Paul has been supporting in the past. The following summer, Mission Festival <clears throat> resumed outdoors with a massive potluck and the return of the 30-gallon iron coffee kettle. Whoever's got that thing in their backyard or their shed, get it ready for next year. <clears throat> That's my prediction anyway, provided Jesus doesn't return beforehand to take us all home. Today, however, I'm really going to miss Karen Heinemann's green beans, the dinner rolls, the desserts, having a guest preacher give me a break today. It's just not the same this year. You know, nothing seems to be. With one exception, the mission of the church continues indoors, outdoors, potluck or no potluck. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found <clears throat> and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. You and I have a treasure. The good news of what Jesus has done and promises to everyone. He died to save us and promises us life that lasts forever. Only people who have heard this and believe it, get it. Those that don't and those who do yet don't believe, don't get eternal life. So, do we keep this treasure that we've been given covered up? No. We share it. We tell others about it. <clears throat> and we support our fellow Christians who do that too. The mission of the church is to make God known and baptize people. And I wish I was baptizing someone today, but, you know, maybe because of something I say or something you say to someone because of this day, someone might be brought to the waters of baptism later on and be saved. You never know. And you heard earlier, I was looking through our, church, our church's history book, and in it you can read about various outreach and evangelism programs that this church has carried out in the past. Because, you know, every 10 years, the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod ushers in a new program to get the gospel out to people. You know, a blaze, how will they hear, everyone his witness, or just to name a few of the more recent ones. Now, statistically, I don't really know how effective these programs are. They're better than doing nothing. But programs end up being things someone has to manage and maintain, or they just kind of fade away. And perhaps a program's biggest pitfall is that outreach programs end up being carried out by a few people. 
So when it comes to getting the word of Jesus Christ out into the community, it becomes someone else's responsibility. No, that's evangelism. That's the outreaches committee. That's their job, not mine. And church members can get a false sense of security thinking, well, they don't have to do anything. It's good that the church is taking care of it somehow. That's not really witness, though. And you know this because, well, we've been through this before. The word of God and his love for all people and his warning to repent and turn to him before it's too late mainly falls down or mainly comes down to you and me in our everyday life. Whatever you do, wherever you are, and it seems like a harder thing to do this year when we're in a stay-at-home condition. Maybe so, I don't know. If you're working from home and all you've been in contact with are the people who live in your, <clears throat> who live in your house, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of hard to evangelize to them. They've probably already been, but you can still show God's love to them. Just for practicality's sake, and this is probably geared a little bit more towards the 1045 service and those who will be watching online. That's not to say that uh, uh, you're not online on the computer. I know some of you are. But just for practicality's sake, I'm going to focus on a certain type of people who might be users of online social media and are habitual propagators of political propaganda. You know who you are. And you know what I mean by propaganda. Yeah, those little memes and little cartoons that someone else makes, you don't even know, but you like them and share them and pass them around to others. Look, that stuff never saved anyone. It never will. And it doesn't change anyone's mind to come around to your point of view. It just creates more division and perhaps makes you feel good. Instead of political propaganda, why don't you try sharing some words from the, from the Bible? Some of the promises of Jesus. The verses today from Matthew are, are perfect for such an occasion. Now you might say, or someone else might accuse you of propagating religious propaganda. It's not propaganda though when it's true and doesn't mislead. See, God is not biased or deceitful. His word is good and true for all people everywhere. You might say, well, I don't see you sharing the gospel on Facebook, Pastor. You want me to do that, but I don't see you doing it. Actually, I do. It's just that you can't see it. I do it in my own way. Now, others might be thinking, Pastor, I've been there, I've, I've been there, done that with evangelism. I've been on all those programs in the past. I've invited my neighbors to church multiple times. I'm tired. I just, I'm just waiting for Jesus to take me home. Well, well done then, good and faithful servant. But always be alert, for the Spirit will give you the words to say when you least expect it to someone you may least expect would, would hear it. And what about those of you who might think you're not worthy to share God's word, you don't know what to say, you're afraid you'll say the wrong things, 
or you don't want to face rejection or be made fun of or thought less of by somebody for being a Christian. Well, welcome to the club. I mean, we've all got hang-ups and roadblocks to being people in mission and witness for Christ and for the sake of the world. It's part of our sinful condition. But with forgiveness comes freedom from sin and a, a, a loosening from those bonds. And don't worry so much about what to say or that you'll say something wrong. That's the number one reason I'm not a political person because I know anything I say about politics are probably going to be wrong. (laughs) I don't have a supernatural helper to give me the right words to speak when it comes to politics, and neither do you. We do, however, have a supernatural helper who gives us the right words to say at the right time about what God has done and what He promises. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. You are a person holy to the Lord your God. The Lord God considers you his treasured possession out of the multitudes of unbelievers on the face of this earth. Others are out there who don't know this about themselves yet. That's why our mission continues. That's why we don't cover up the treasure of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but promote it. We can and will proclaim Jesus in our individual lives, our family relationships, our work, our school relationships, and even our presence on social media, if that's your thing. May it be so for you. And may our continuing support for the missions we give our offerings to bless many, strengthen their faith, and give us comfort knowing It's not just their job to be religious and help people, but through all of us giving together, praying and worshiping our God together, we might glorify Him and give Him due praise and thanks for dying and rising again to save us. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.